Port View. I love your pastoral staff. Do you love your pastoral staff? Yes. Yes. Wives, husbands, husbands, wives, it's a you are a team and respect you greatly, and it has been my privilege to know you better and better, along with your children. I know most of your children. Anyway, looking forward to sharing with you for the next few minutes this morning. And I want to thank you that you have come, that you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and certainly other people around you in this part of Wisconsin. My wife, Diane, is not here. She's on her way to Texas. Our two sons live in Austin. The older one pastors on one side of town. The younger one pastors on the other side of town. (laughs) And they live within walking distance of each other and are very close, for which we give thanks. And the youngest one and his wife, they were married last November. They just bought a house for the first time, and my wife went to see the house. I'm with you, but she's there seeing the house, and I'm sure she'll have good visit time with everybody else. Our oldest child is Christy. She and her husband, Ted, pastor in the Milwaukee area, so we still have grandkids and family in Wisconsin, for which we are very thankful. So my privilege is to be with you this morning. I want to talk to you about how God has given us a call to serve. And this is in honor of your pastors. Every one of us, God wants to give guidance and direction in our lives. He wants us to serve through the power of uh, the Holy Spirit. He wants us to receive understanding and strength for what we do because we cannot do what he wants us to do on our own. And quite honestly, he will ask of us things that are bigger than us. If you can do it without God, most likely he didn't ask you to do it. Just, all right, is that fair to say? That he will ask you to do things you can't do without him, which means we have to be dependent on him. The Lord wants to give to us security in the sense that he is in us, that he is guiding, he is strengthening us through every challenge that comes our way, which includes troubles. And a God-given call to serve is planted in our hearts and an illuminates our minds. So the purpose of what I want to share with you today is that God establish you in your call to serve. We're going to study today how the Apostle Paul in his second missionary journey had God open doors and had God close doors. And Paul learned to follow God through every door or non-door that God wanted him to respond to. So we're going to take a look at Acts chapter 16 today, verses 6 through 12. So I ask for you to open your Bible or your your uh, app on your phone, and we will proceed to delve in because we're going to talk about the call of God the way of God, and the goal that God has for us. So let's talk about the call. 
Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Paul was on his second missionary journey. He had experienced a call of God to serve in apostolic service. He also knew that he needed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is what do you do when God tells you no? When God tells you no. How many of you have ever received a no from God? You have prayed, you asked him, and he told you no. Okay. How many of us, now let's be honest, when God told us no, we went ahead and did it anyway? <laughs> My hand was up too. All right. So Acts sixteen seven says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. A no, when God says no, it could have to do with timetable of the Lord. The word that is used in original Greek for this kind of timing is called kairos. It's fullness of time. There is a time in which everything is, and for lack of a better word, pregnant. All right? It just, it's full. It's, it, the baby's coming, hallelujah. And don't try and stop the child from being born. So that's the kind of timing that we're talking about in this passage. And if that timing has not come to pass, a no from God is to let us know, and K-N-O-W, that the no, N-O, is for good reason because the time is not now. And wise people <laughs> learn to heed. A no can come to us for safety. J. Vernon McGee has written, The steps of a good man <clears throat> are ordered by the Lord. So are the stops. So when he stops you, it is God doing it for your own good. A no from God comes in the form of an inward leading. The more that we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, we will know when God tells us not to do something. Have you recognized when God is telling you to stop? When God is telling you no? When God is letting you know that the timetable is not right? This kind of voice from God is quiet it is persistent. It is not necessarily audible, but if God needs to do so, he can. He will get our attention and let us know no, for his reasoning is always best. A no from God is not necessarily always a no forever. For sometimes the no means that the yes will come at a later time. But let's talk now about the yeses that come from God. Acts 16.9 says, During the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So they weren't to go in one direction, but they were to go in another. God knows where ripe opportunities exist. 
He knows where the person has been prepared to receive the message of faith in God through Jesus Christ. This passage gives to us a picture of the wisdom of the Lord that he is wanting us to understand things that he alone can be aware of, but we cannot. He is wanting to give to us divine reason. Effective work for God happens when God prepares the way. If there is any good lesson the last two and a half years through COVID-19 around the world, the church has been tried and tested. We have been pushed back in so many arenas and ways. And yet God is leading and guiding and he's wanting us to become a Holy Spirit filled, a Holy Spirit empowered group of people that know his leading in our lives. And that we accept his way, his will, and know that he knows best forever. Amen. Amen. Did you notice the lights came on and off? Just wanted you to know that I knew that the lights came on and off. So divine leading is for a reason. God alone can give to us increase. If I do something and it's in my strength and energy, then the results are going to be connected to my strength and energy. But if I do something and God's in it, then the results are going to be linked to God's power and his presence And reveal his glory in my life and somebody else's. Divine leading is for a reason. Divine leading is for increase. Your mind and mine is limited. Did you know that I do not know everything? (laughs) And neither do you. (laughs) And we don't together know everything, but God does. And he is wanting us to trust his all-knowing capacity to lead and guide us in everything that we do. Because when we learn to trust him, we will also learn to receive his voice. Did you know that God speaks in a still small voice deep down within our heart? He wants to let us know when the no is no. And let us know when the yes is yes. And give to us the reassurance of what he wants us to do. And the word of God will test us all along the way. Has God ever tested you? Only one person has been tested in the room. Well, it's coming, folks. And ultimately, we're going to become in tune with the Lord. And there may be a place, there may be a place in which God gives to you a vision for your life. Now, quite honestly, I believe that God wants to give a vision for your life. And I want you to know his vision for your life. 
I want to pray for you to experience his vision for your life. Who wouldn't want to know the vision that God has for their life? Who wouldn't? The insight that comes by seeing through his eyes. Paul saw a man of Macedonia asking for help. He received the call in the form of a vision. And the person that was asking for his help was in great need. Are you prepared and ready for God to give you a vision for your life today? I got one taker right here. Uh, I got some more. Do we get some more? All right. Okay. We're, we're prepared and ready. Okay. Let's talk about the second point today. The way, the way. Acts 16.10. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. God had already prepared the way for Paul. The people in Macedonia were ready to receive the help of God. God's way is connected to God's call. God knows the future before it happens. Do you believe that? I do too. So he knows the past. He knows the present. And he knows the future before it happens. So God knows the future, and he wants to reveal his plan for us because he's all-knowing. The more we trust him, the more we obey, and when we obey, we discover his plan unfolds. And his plan is always best. God's way can be difficult. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, God's way is often difficult. It's certainly impossible to do without his help. If you can do his plan without his help, it's probably not his plan. All right? So you need the help of God, the resource of the Lord, to fulfill his plan. It can be difficult. Life is not supposed to be easy. Now, you can run me out of your church right now. But life is not supposed to be easy. There's so many people in uh, the past who've only wanted a God who gives them what they want and will only obey if they like what he says. And if it's hard, they say it's the devil. Well, I'm here to tell you that God will ask us to do hard things. So hard that we can't do them without his help, and without his help, we can't do them. We need the help of God in everything he asks us to do. And life in God is not always easy. Are you surviving this? It's not always easy. His way includes other believers. So as Paul was making his way to fulfill the plan of God. God put him in contact with Dr. Luke in Troas. Now, the purpose of God 
is to gather people. And in the last two and a half years, there are some people who attended our churches who aren't attending now. Still with me? Okay. Now, we love them and God loves them as well. Still with me? Okay. But for whatever reason, they're not attending now. We grieve for those that do not attend now. Still with me? And we love them. At the same time, two and a half years later, there are some... How many of you are new to this church in the last two and a half years? Will you raise your hand? Ooh, nice. Thank you. Welcome home, people. Yes. Yes. Excellent. So there are some who are no longer here. And there are some who are new here. And there's been a reshuffling of the divine deck. And quite honestly, I believe the divine deck is stronger now than it was two and a half years ago. Why? Because we've been tried and tested and have come through and have learned to love one another as we love God over politics, over racial divide, over Americanism, over selfishness, <laughs> over getting our own will and way. We've learned to love God and his people over everything else. I'm leaving at the end of today, folks. I'm leaving, so it's okay. <laughs> Still with me? All right. God is uniting us and making us to be one. From Troas we set out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace and the next day on to Annapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city of the district of Macedonia and we stayed there several days. The waters between Troas and Samothrace are dangerous. They were at the time of Paul, they were Yesterday, for anybody who was there, and they are today. Somehow they made the journey in two days. God made the way. Paul knew that God had called them to go this way. They were obedient to fulfill the call. They were experiencing God's goal. God has divine goals for all of us. So God was taking them to Philippi a leading city of Macedonia, and God wanted to reach this part of the world. Philippi was used at this point in history as a turning point because the success of the gospel being planted there would mean that it would spill over to the entire Roman world. God gives to, to each of us a success when we obey his will and fulfill his call. And Philippi was fulfilling this opportunity. 
God was saying go. They were saying yes. God was opening the door. God was making the way. It was not necessarily easy. It was a difficult way. It had hardship, but they were obeying anyway. The opposition was being used of God, and God was using the opposition to make them a better people. Philippi was a strategic city in influence to the Roman Empire. It was a crossroads to the center of Greece. It was a leading influencer as far as culture was concerned. And God was making a new opportunity as they obeyed his will. God's goals always include other people. Do you believe that? God's goals always include other people. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. God is making an opportunity for a church to be centered on Christ and love Jesus more than anything else calling us to fulfill his purpose and his plan and raising us up in an hour that has been difficult around the globe. We know problems in America. There are problems in other nations. Ukraine is suffering terribly. We know challenges in Russia, in culture and context and difficulties that are taking place there. The world is being torn and the church is being challenged and the gospel is moving forward and the God of glory is revealing himself as almighty. And he's wanting to make a people of God stronger than ever before. So my assessment of the church, not only Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, but United States around the world is, we're in the last stretch till Jesus comes. I got one amen. Last stretch till Jesus comes. Tried, tested, tried, tested, and emerging for the glory of God. We're less about fluff and a whole lot more about Jesus. And it's not about me. It's about God's glory. And he loves people. And he wants everyone to come to a saving knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. Across America in the last two and a half years, 20% of all churches have closed their doors forever. Staggering, isn't it? I am thankful in Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, within the Assemblies of God, which is the fellowship of churches that you're a part. We have more churches now than we did two and a half years ago. Okay, I'm thankful. At the same time, we have been tried and tested. 
And we are better off than we were before. Why? Because our focus is on Jesus. We love Jesus. You love Jesus. And whatever he wants for you. In your home and your family. How many of you have somebody in your family who as of yet does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? And my hand is up. Okay. And God loves them. Amen. God loves them. I want us to pray for them right now. Is that okay? We're going to pray for them. Lord, you care about them. You love them so much. And yet, they've not trusted their life to you yet. We're asking in this moment that your grace will be shared in a way that they can understand. And that they will discover that you really are filled with care and love for their life. And perhaps they're afraid of what you're going to do with them if you become their Lord. And I ask, Lord, that they will lay their ideas down before you and trust you enough to let you... Put them together according to your purpose and plan. That they will repent of sin. And they will turn to Jesus Christ. And open their hearts for the Savior to live inside. And that you will be the one that makes them different. That the plan of God for their their individuality. Will be so powerfully real. That they'll say yes to you and discover that you will not rip them off. You have goodness for them. You have love for them. You have purpose for them. You have a reason for tomorrow on their behalf. And that they will say yes to God today. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, can I talk about your pastors now? And everybody said, Amen. <laughs> Except the pastors. All right. I've got two over here and one over here. All right. I've got you spotted. All right. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for loving Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for learning to. Navigate the waters of life that are difficult and not be overcome when the wind and the waves have come your way. And they do know the wind and the waves. I know them well enough to know that they know the wind and the waves. And sometimes the ship can go down, but the people come through. And uh, you guys have come through. And I want to thank you for holding to the Savior and remaining strong in Christ. That does not mean that you do not have challenges. You do. 
I want to ask you as church family to pray for your pastoral leadership every day. They can't do it on their own. And a church that is unified is much more powerful for the purpose of God than a church that is divided. So why have 20% of churches in America closed their doors forever in the last two and a half years? Your supposition is as good as mine. Perhaps they gave up. Perhaps they were divided. Perhaps They were trusting in their own thoughts above God's supposition. But what a blessing when we discover the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I pastored one church 31 years, only church Diane and I ever pastored. 31 years. The prayer I prayed for the church family more than any other prayer was that we would know the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I still pray it for them and I pray it for our network now. The unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There are more than enough things in this world to divide the people of God. There's more more than enough battle to try us and test us and let us come up wanting. And yet, when we know the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, we come together, and there is strength, and we are broken through to God, and the community around us begins to shake. This community needs Jesus. Wisconsin needs Jesus. The United States needs Jesus. My assessment of the culture of the world in the last two years, it is more trouble now than it was two and a half years ago. Anybody disagree? More troubled. That America, more troubled. The world, more troubled. The church, stronger. Than two and a half years ago. The church, stronger. Our pastors have endured a lot. Two and a half years ago, we averaged 20 churches without pastoral leadership at a time out of 200, 10%. Now we average about five. Two and a half years ago, we had 55 resumes of people who had submitted their name to our office to be considered for ministry within our network of uh, of Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, now we have, I think, 13. But I will tell you, the 13 we have now are tried and they're tested. Dedicated. Sold out. We have people that are in their second career being called of God and saying yes to the Lord, recognizing time on planet Earth is running out. And it is. 
There's a day and an hour in which the Lord shall appear in the clouds and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Do you believe that? I do too. And it's close. It's close. So why get caught up in the division of politics and the division of racism and in the division of humanity with differences of opinion when we know the one, the one true God who has revealed himself through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit and he is building his church in this hour and he's raised up these pastors to serve you, to be faithful for God in his glory and honor the name of Christ which alone brings salvation, the forgiveness of sin, the transformation of life and makes us to be different than what we were before so that we can be the people that shall meet him face to face. He is coming soon. Amen? He's coming soon for a church that is without spot or wrinkle, that is blood-bought, Made clean, purchased for divine glory, separate from what destroys in life about us, and dedicated to his plan and purpose. And he's raised up these pastors to serve this church, that you are a witness for Christ in this part of Wisconsin. And around the world. And glory be to God. That time is now. Okay. Still alive? Amen. Can I pray? Lord, if anyone here is not in relationship with you, but they want to be, I ask that you draw them through your love right now. And may they say yes to the forgiveness of sin and the changing of life that you have planned for them. And so as you pray, if you would like to be included in a prayer that asks Jesus to live in your life and change you from the inside to the outside, making you the person of his choice, fulfilling his plan for your life, and you'd say, pray for me to know Christ in this way, would you raise your hand, please? of you. Bless you. Lord, you love each one so much, so much, so much. 
and you're here to love on them and convince them of your care and your plan for their life. By your grace, I ask that their heart is open to receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Would you all pray this prayer after me? Jesus, I need you. You are the Son of God. You gave your life for me at the cross so that I can be forgiven of all sin. I ask that forgiveness now and open my heart to you that you live inside me today. Thank you for hearing and receiving me and making me brand new. I am yours and you are mine. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now we want to pray for your pastors. Can we do that? So pastors, that means both husbands and wives and wives and husbands, would you come? Please. Thank you. Mitch is here. <laughs> We're going to love on them. Is that okay? All right. Would you stand if you can, please? And lift your hand in their direction. All right. Lord, we thank you for this team that loves Jesus, fulfills your plan and purpose, and has said yes to the call of God. I ask that your anointing be upon them today, your joy, your strength be inside them, your victory be established in all of who they are. I ask for divine health. I ask for hope. I even ask for happiness, but in the way you give it, which is joy. I ask, Lord, that you will give to them the resource of the Lord. And I thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. Hold on. You know what? Let's pray for our superintendent. This this man, I, I shouldn't have said this to him, but I didn't say it, but I said, you're my favorite superintendent of all times. This is what I know about Pastor John. He loves this district. He loves our pastors. And... Um, and God is using him to help our district, to navigate it through what the last couple of years has been an impossible time. It's been really hard for our churches. And Pastor John has been just a rock through the whole thing, always pointing to the positive, always looking, God's doing something good, God's doing something good. And a couple of times I'm thinking, are you looking around? <laughs> Do you see what's going on? And he's going, God's doing something. We're stronger, we're stronger. And, and he's right. And so he leads our 200 churches. And so uh, the enemy uh, would, would not like him to do well, but God is helping him do well. So pray with me. 
So, Father, thank you for our brother. Thank you that while um, his precious wife is down in Texas um, visiting with their kids, he's here. And uh, if life were different, I think he would have chosen to be there. But he agreed to love on us and to bless us. He agreed to come here instead and let his wife go by herself. And uh, so he's sacrificing. He's sacrificing for our church. He's sacrificing for our district. Lord, he's sacrificing for your kingdom. And we pray this. Give him everything he needs to lead our district. Because, Lord, it's, it's, it's a, a time of the year we, we you know, recognize pastors for what they do. And, Lord, we want to recognize our, our district pastor for what he does. And we pray you'd bless him. That you would give him all the courage, all the wisdom, all the grace that he needs to lead um, the Wisconsin Northern Michigan District with the Assemblies of God. Lord, all the challenges that are ahead um, are large, but you are greater. And so, Lord, help him to rest in you, always. Just rest in you, knowing that you selected him on purpose at this time. And that, Lord, you will give him all he needs to lead and guide and direct the churches of our district. So bless our, our brother, our friend, our superintendent, um, Pastor John. Thank you that for his, his willingness to come and love on us today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.